that's a very select but you have to go through an interview process before you can go into the temple where they get married and get a temple recommend that you're recommended worthy to enter and i really struggled with these two weddings that word worthy telling me as someone who has loved these people their whole lives and who cares for them so much that i'm not worthy to even walk into the building where they're getting married and it's just such a harmful word and like that mm -hmm. perfection idea and i think that's harmful and just these like you're not good enough and it's hard to feel like you want to fit into a family where they really make you feel like you're not good enough to be here you don't look the right way or yeah believe the right thing or whatever and it's just it's it's hard to accept them despite the harmful talk and to want to be around them and to love them and not offend them while you're offending yourself but also like they're not returning that for you so mormonism is they consider it a branch of christianity though some people don't consider it christian but it follows a lot of those types of ideals but has a lot of strict kind of strict ideals strict guidelines of what is good and bad and right and wrong mm -hmm. um like no tea or coffee or doing anything on sunday like going to birthday parties or doing laundry or homework or anything so kind of in a way limiting but i didn't think it was limiting at the time mm -hmm. you know i just like i don't know i was buying myself an eternity of happiness by not doing those things so it didn't seem like a big deal not to drink tea or coffee or something yeah but then coming out of it you just have a total perspective change of like this world you were existing in that just seems very small and fabricated um and i'm sure everybody's experience is different depending on your perspective leaving if you still believe in religion or god or mm -hmm. whatever but um experience of being mormon i mean it's like your first day of school and you have class with your best friend and you're going around and say something special about you or like unique or something and you know she whispers so loudly like tell him you're mormon you know it's just like you're kind of you can be normal but you're kind of weird at the same time and people know it and they yeah like identify you that way it's like a big part of your identity i guess whether you want to be or not <laughs> yeah because it's different it's very different it's very different but i don't know i mean being mormon wasn't all that hard or exciting or it was kind of boring parts it looks honestly. boring <laughs> go to church for three hours every sunday um now it's only two hours which i'm kind of bummed that i had to go to three hour church but <laughs> every sunday but um mormons i mean yeah for me it was like drawing doodle time yeah but the rest of sunday was nap time <laughs> um so you had a mormon family i assume yes both my parents converted to mormonism when they were like 20 years old but independently from each other and then they met and so they're they're a bit different than other mormons just because they are converts and they had previous lives though they were religious in their previous lives as well mm -hmm. um but like for example they've both been married and been divorced and now they're remarried to each other but that's totally uncommon like any kind of divorce or anything like that yeah right well, they met each other and they knew each other for like 12 years before they got married. And they just like met each other at a church function on a naval base in Hawaii. So then kind of just like went to different bases and like lived their own lives, met other people and got married and had kids and then just stayed in touch kind of. Okay. And then got married years later. Okay. So kind of interesting. We're like a his, hers and ours family for sure. Okay. So that makes us different. We're, I mean like, most Mormons kind of follow a, a look or a stereotype or a, you know, like you can't wear a bikini, you have to wear a one-piece bathing suit and you can't wear short shorts or a tank top or yeah. anything that I'm wearing right now, like a lip ring or a tattoo or mm -hmm. like I have fake nails on. I feel like that's flashy, right? It's fancy Yeah. a little bit. Um, yeah, it would kill me if I had to dress like a Mormon. <laughs> yeah, I think that's one of the most liberating parts about not being Mormon is like, I don't have a crazy farmer's tan on my arm all the time <laughs> you know and like i just wouldn't wear shorts because like basketball short length shorts are just like not really that cute so i just wear pants all the time yeah what was your child like childhood like <laughs> what was my childhood like well i have very unique parents again not only because they're converts but and i guess since we're talking we'll just talk i'll just talk candidly but um my dad's for sure on the spectrum, but he's like fairly functional, but he's for sure on the spectrum. But my mom, she has so many different physical health problems. She always has. 
She had her first heart attack when she was 16, I think. Oh. And just has a lot of different health issues. But she also has a lot of mental health issues, um, like multiple personalities and bipolar manic disorder and just a lot of different things that when you put them all into one person it's just like a phenomenal amount of things to deal with yeah so my childhood was interesting i'm the youngest of six kids but everyone else i was kind of like the the surprise accident on the end and so they were pretty much all grown up and out of the house so it was just me and my parents but my mom was always sick or had a headache or wasn't well and so i just kind of did my own thing yeah which is probably why i do my own thing now you know but I had like cool neighborhood kids. There was like 10 of us in the neighborhood that grew up. So I did like, you know, get exposure at their house and like watch TV at their house. And they had sugar and candy and fun and <sighs> video games and whatever. So I had a really sheltered life. It really was like go to school, go to church and then go back to the house. And that's yeah. what my parents did too: go to work, go back or go to church, go to the house. And my mom has never worked my whole life. So she's just like at the house and then at church. Yeah. So kind of like a very routine life with all these structured rules and just like yeah but i still had got to have fun because neighborhood kids that was good and I, th um, I think it's that behavior that gets mormonism called a cult quite frequently mm -hmm. yeah there's a lot of things about it I, it has like mason ties in its history the person who started joseph smith started as a mason and so there's a lot of like secret kind of um they, they always would say that it's not secret, it's sacred. And that's why we don't talk about it. But there's so many things, like I saw going to church when I was 19, mm -hmm. that I had never heard of, or no, we'd never talked about because I was told that this is sacred. So, kind of a mystery still, but it's, yeah. well, some of the things I know about now after the fact that I looked into and whatever, but at the time, you know. Yeah. For example, they say that we have a heavenly mother, even though she's not talked about in the Bible, but she's not mentioned because she is i guess you could say so sacred that don't want to risk um her being defiled or defaced or what would the word be like her name taken in vain or her disrespected because she yeah. is so precious so they have all these kind of sacred secrets or like special things but i think it ties a lot back mm -hmm. into masonry and the beginnings i mean there's just funny things when you're mormon you don't realize but then after the fact you're like this is so silly and I also yeah. don't want to offend Mormons by talking about these things that are sacred to them. But to me, they're silly, even after, you know, yeah. like you, the day you get married, you learn a secret handshake that you need to be able to use to get into heaven is a bit of a test. And you get a new name that day and you have to like say your name and do a handshake. I don't know how it goes and whatever, but it's... That sounds complicated. But then you find out that anybody who gets married on whatever date whatever today is the 18th 19th of august every woman who gets married gets the same name it's just like chosen by the day but they're told it's so sacred don't share this with anyone don't share this with you know this is between you and god only and so they don't realize they're all getting the same name but there's a lot of like there's an ex-mormon community where experiences and all kinds of things are shared right that we're not spoken about openly at yeah. church and it's just very fascinating because I didn't go through any of those experiences and then leave I left right about leaving my parents house and then I just entered the world as a non-mormon though there is like a definite transition period for years even and like mm -hmm. me I'm still now I, I think it's been like 13 years or something like that you know I can still identify specific things I'm struggling with and working through yeah. from that experience understandable one thing I'll say I appreciated about Mormonism and that I got out pretty scot-free compared to a lot of people who leave religion um is mm -hmm. mormonism they have three different heavens and they have a hell but it's called outer darkness which is like a really special place reserved for very special people who just like completely well, what the way it was explained to me somebody basically who has seen god in person but then turns around and still tries to turn people against him but like has no reason to doubt but still tries to you know turn other people away even not even just themselves that's somebody who will go to outer darkness and yeah. that's an extreme case because nobody really not too many people have really seen the face of god yeah so to speak so we all go you and i we're still going to go to heaven and that's great there's three kinds of heaven and um so there wasn't ever that like fear of being sent to hell which i think for me personally in retrospect was probably good i think as a little kid yeah it probably would have weighed pretty heavy on me and leaving but the way that i left mormonism it made me able somehow to just drop it from one day to the next almost and i just realized that it wasn't true 
And I was just like, well, I guess I never have to pray again. And I was like, well, and I never have since. And I just was like, well, that's over. And I just dropped it very easily and walked away. Of course, there's this like residual process, but I wasn't yeah. like, I'm going to hell or like have this traumatic life change where I'm really having to restabilize myself, you know? Yeah. It was a lot easier to just walk away from it for me. Yeah, when you transition from something that you were indoctrinated with as a kid, you start to realize just how much control a person's childhood exposure has over their their beliefs and their lifestyle. Yeah. Most people so believe what their parents believe, whatever it was. Right. Yeah. Which is kind of fascinating, but it does make sense. Yeah. You know, but a human is capable of believing passionately anything. We can be convinced of anything, whether it's Santa Claus and flying reindeer or a god with magical powers or it, it can be anything. A human can be so, you mm. know, somebody who's captured and tortured them. They can have allegiance to that person, you know, and love yeah. them so strongly. We're pretty fascinating creatures. We are. We're very adaptable. Very adaptable, impressionable yeah. too, but also able to like manipulate and change, you know? Yeah. We have such control, but also we're so susceptible. I think nearly everybody is more resilient than they give themselves credit for. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. So, um, what what made you start to doubt what you were taught? Yeah, so people asked me this for probably five or six years before I figured out what it was. Because like I said, I just kind of like dropped it. Um, but looking back, it was because of this thing called governor's school. Um, which was started by Bill Clinton back when he was the governor of Arkansas in the 80s, I think. And um, it was basically just to give the best and brightest of Arkansas a chance to just further themselves, I guess, get more exposure and also connect to each other for the future of Arkansas. You know, I, I think it's kind of it's a good idea. Um, but it's you pick a subject to go for. So I went for music, but you could go for writing or you could go for just basically anything. Um, and, but then everyone had to take the same area two and area three classes. Area two was like critical thought, logical thinking. We learned about logical fallacies, which was a huge one for me that made it end up making a change. Um, but area three was just like personal awareness and like emotional IQ and kind of like socializing um, and less thinking, I guess. And so I just learned, yeah, about all these kinds of fallacies. Like for an example, if we're having a debate and you prove me wrong, a lot of people will be like, well, that proves me right, but that's not true. Mm. That just proves me wrong. That means anything else is still on the table. Yeah. But we're so easily, again, susceptible to these small little traps that we don't even realize. We all use them so readily every day and we don't mean to deceive people, but our logic sometimes is very bad. Mm. Like that, for example. So just learning about these fallacies, um, learning also about the allegory of the cave and your perception. You may think that you're seeing the whole picture, but really it's just shadows on a wall and the picture is what's happening behind you. Yeah. You know, just all these things that made me think, like for example, we had to order 10 items from what is most real to what is least real. Something on there was like the color red, something's like a tree, right? Or the person who was the organizer for a governor's school, Rupert something, I can't remember his last name now, but you know, it's like this tree's pretty real. This man's pretty real, I can speak to him. Red seems real, but I can't even tell you what it is. It's just a color. Mm -hmm. God was on there among several other things. And so we all tried to order, which was difficult. And then we had discussions about it, you know? And this is like six weeks during the summer that you take these classes and, um, yeah everything and so then i just went home and i was like my parents are idiots because i already thought they were right but then i started seeing like all these things they were saying wrong right so then i go back to school and i'm like my teachers are kind of stupid my friends are stupid they're not we're all just people right whatever but then i would go to church and i just started asking a few questions the answers were so unsatisfying that they just were not sound in logic whatsoever that i had a hard time accepting them but i just I think my brain just like learned logic a little bit and it was enough to just like poke a few holes and then water just started coming out and it's yeah. just like it couldn't hold water for me anymore and it wasn't intentional nobody said anything to me to try and change my mind i didn't go reading any anti-mormon propaganda or these ex-mormons experiences or anything i was just living mm -hmm. in my parents house in high school and thought a little bit and thought i just it doesn't make sense to me and so i just was able to let it go like yeah something else that doesn't make any sense to you 
you just let it go and do something that does, right? Yeah. So. If you had been more connected with your parents, do you think you'd still be Mormon? Mm. I don't think so, perhaps. Because I was thinking about my siblings for a second, and I think I'm the closest, perhaps one other sister is closer to my mom in particular. Um, so it's hard to say, because there's siblings that stayed very Mormon, but they're not close to my parents whatsoever. Mm-hmm. But for me, I do feel closer to my parents in my adult life than I ever did in my upbringing. Yeah. Yet they don't ever invite me to church. Or they don't associate me into religion anymore. So I think I have an independent relationship with them of it. Mm-hmm. So perhaps in my youth, it wouldn't have affected, but it could have made it harder to yeah. walk away. It is hard, like, you know, those conversations to have on your yeah. way out, which I avoided almost entirely and nobody asked me any questions. And so that's kind of what's bubbling up for me now is all these things that I didn't come up and forward with when I left religion. Mm-hmm. And I did just kind of fit into my family more while doing my own thing. But those ish, those conversations never took place. And yeah. 13 years later, I can feel them still inside. Yeah, it's very, very hard to bring those things up. I was scared to have the conversation, one, because I didn't really know why I didn't believe it anymore. I told you, it took me years to realize why I just was like, meh. But, so it's like I didn't know how to answer, but also you critiquing the religion in any way is, seems to most people a personal attack. Those are their yeah. very personal beliefs. And so you saying why you don't believe them or why they're not true yeah. is just like that person may have a very hard time handling it and it's that, just hard. Yeah, that goes for any belief. Yeah. We hold very strongly to whatever it is that we believe and it seems very natural to rather than just find, try and find the truth, try and go, well this is the easy route, but go and find reasons to keep believing what we already believe. Right. You can I, find answers sometimes, yeah, oftentimes when you're looking for them. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's kind of tricky thing where I'm at now is I feel like I need to have these conversations, but those people are still just as personally offended by what I will have to say. And it's, you know, some people may be too offended by certain choices I make in my life moving forward or the words I say, and it's really hard to grapple with people perhaps cutting me out or not treating me the same or whatever, you know, everyone wants to belong and be a part of. And if you are able to accept their religious beliefs and have a relationship with them, regardless of whatever they believe or whatever sacred or silly, however you think of it, things they do, Mm -hmm. you want that same respect back, you know, but it's hard because they're the majority of the people in the family and I'm among the minority. There are, I'm not Mm -hmm. the only one though, which is nice. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You, do you have camaraderie with the others? Some, yeah. I mean, we do have a really kind of dysfunctional, mismatched, strange family, so we all have different relationships with each other for sure. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. But in my adult life, more, I feel like I have spent much time with my mom's kids and their family, which is the Mormon side. And I think that I'm the only quote unquote black sheep that is trying to fit into the herd. Mm-hmm. The other black sheep are kind of like, off doing their own thing and so I have a different experience than them theirs is of walking away whereas mine is like trying to exist here yeah which is a little uncomfortable I've come to discover probably more than a little uncomfortable I would think yeah but a lot of the things are easy to do because you love the person you know but then if you're putting their needs and emotions above your own so often what's going to hurt them or what's going to offend them or what is valuable to them instead of what's valuable to you that's when it for me it now it's become kind of toxic even though i had good intentions to love and accept and to be a part of in all of this it has kind of backfired that now i feel very overlooked because even i haven't given myself mm-hmm. that consideration that i've been giving them yeah so that's kind of what i'm seeing now and i need to speak up a little bit more for myself which i've started to but i'm right in the thick of the process talking is a big family you know there's a lot of people a lot of relationships and mm-hmm. Um, so it's a little tricky, but it's good things that need to happen. They needed to happen a long time ago. It's good they're happening now. Yeah. But Good to hear that they are. Yeah, me too. It's uncomfortable. This summer has been kind of boiling up and over the pot, but... It's probably liberating too, though, I would think. It is, but, you know, you come forward and say, 
I think this or I want to do this differently than you. But then the actual, you know, saying it is hard enough, but then actually coming through and doing it and showing up the next time you see them wearing whatever it is or perhaps with a new tattoo or a new face piercing or something, it is like an ever going. Yeah. You don't just say it once and then you dealt with it. You so know? are your piercings pretty new then? No. Um, this lip piercing, I think I've had about 10 years now. I got it when I was studying abroad in Austria. So I was on the other side of the ocean, the other side of the world, <laughs> which was easier. But yeah, I got almost all these in my early 20s. Okay. Was one of the first things I did leaving Mormonism that I got interested in Yeah. was piercings. Okay. So. So uh, I'd love to get in the Austria thing, but I don't want to chase that rabbit trail when there's more to go cover here. But. Yeah. Um, did you investigate other religions as you were letting go of Mormonism? Definitely not. <laughs> I just really let it go so easily. And also, like every hole that I poked in Mormonism and the water was, you know, falling, running through and out, I could poke the same holes for me and Christianity as a whole, but the whole idea of a God, mm -hmm. really. And I... Yeah, I don't think that there isn't some magic in the air and that there isn't something going on, but I don't believe it's a, a certain deity. But for me, it was just like I left them all behind when I left Mormonism behind because they were all so similar to me. Yes, they have their differences. Yeah. And I think they all have truths and I think they all have negatives. And so for me, mm -hmm. it's just been pulling from my life experience what seems to be truth for me at this time and what seems to not be. And mm -hmm. yeah, I just I don't have the capacity me personally to like search through all those different religions it sounds so dry it's a lot and while it's sure. fascinating i do think it's interesting to hear yeah. all these deities and gods and lives people have led so passionately and to s just see the variation again in humans and but also the similarity and the, the common threads throughout all these different religions it's yeah. fascinating but also i'll just let somebody tell me about it i'm not going to read about exactly, it. exactly yeah for me the closest thing was doing yoga and like yogic thought and philosophy which is a little bit like buddhism and it's more of a way of thought than a religion so that's been my that and like nature i guess yeah a lot of people say that for god i think yeah it, it makes sense to me a lot of people define god differently mm -hmm. and it's really fascinating too like here's the thing if you go and explore every single religion there is out there you're not going to have enough time in the day yeah <laughs> It's very hard to interpret things the way other people would interpret them without just uh, talking to those people. Yeah. That's something I said to my mother once a bit that, well, I asked her, we've had few religious conversations because it's pretty touchy. We mostly just stray away from politics. Yeah. Not politics, that too, but. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're religion. connected. Yeah, they're connected. They're connected. Um, and I said, do you think that everybody learns the same way or has the same learning style? And she said, no. And I said, well, do you think that you could write a message down in a book and say that it, any one of all peoples and times and places could understand it the way that it's given? And she said, well, no. And we didn't talk any further of it, right? But yeah. it's, yeah. Yeah. Well, you probably planted the seed. It's interesting I to see how to. we change as we age. It is. You know? To like, it really is. Yeah. It is. Because I never would have thought I'd be anything but Mormon. You know, even yeah. though we, I didn't have a classic Mormon family and I don't live in Utah and like my fam my parents have been divorced and like, you know, we're a little different and not all of us are Mormon. Like I didn't grow up in like a, the strictest Mormon family, but you know, I never thought I'd be anything other than Mormon. That's just not a doubt in my mind. Mm -hmm. And so I always, now that I'm so not Mormon at all and haven't been, I have to leave open the possibility that I could become anything or do anything, right? Like that so you can do anything, but I could change in ways that right now I really couldn't fathom and be a totally different person than I could have imagined. Yeah. In positive or negative or just different surprising ways, you know? Yeah. So. So, um, have you done any kind of research more recently about other religions, whether it's just talking to people on the street about it or whatever? Mm, no, I mostly stay away from it. Um, it feels a little bit like a waste of my time. And maybe it's not, but at least at this point in my life, it kind mm -hmm. of feels that way. I have looked more into Mormonism, post-Mormonism, than anything else. Um, 
that was kind of fortunate timing when that happened for me as well because mm -hmm. I was 24, 23, 24 and living in Germany at the time and a a friend turned me on to some an ex-Mormon online community which I had never looked into anything like I said yeah and I started learning all of these sacred secret silly things and plus a whole bunch of other stuff right just hearing people's experiences mm -hmm. um, but it was eye-opening and it made me feel so angry and so upset and I was grateful I was on the, yeah. again on the other side of the world because it took me about that whole year I was there to work through that and not be so angry so that when I got back home I could look at those people and not be upset mm -hmm. um, so that was helpful this time now that things are cropping up I'm, I live in Fayetteville you know I live back home not at my parents' house, but in the town, right? So at this time it feels like I'm confronting it instead of being yeah. somewhere else, Yeah. taking care of it. But yeah, I've looked into Mormonism more than anything um, and that's been fascinating on its own. And there's so much to unearth there, even though it's yeah. a religion that's only like 200 years old, there's so much to it. Yeah, Mormonism is pretty fascinating. I, I struggle to not use the word weird, but I can't think of a better word for it. <laughs> yeah, well, the, they're told, we were told that you are a peculiar people and you should be different than other people. You should be weird. Yeah. But they say peculiar. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of weird being in high school, right? There's like a handful of you that are Mormon and your best friends telling everyone who will listen that you're Mormon and it's just like everybody kind of knows, you know? Yeah. Like in fifth grade, I had class with somebody who was Mormon and their parents didn't let them drink coke or caffeine soda but there's this whole debate in Mormonism about the coffee coke caffeine mm -hmm. tea thing my parents let me drink it for sure but her uh, mom would be like you know they can't have it let them have orange soda or grape soda which is yeah. delicious still but it's like by proxy I also had to drink orange and grape soda <laughs> I couldn't have what I wanted you know yeah. what I mean so that's people were like well now that marijuana is legal or you know, just different things. They're like, it must be okay. And I'm like, I don't think it switches it in my family's mind. So like, oh, it's yeah. fine if it does that, you know? Yeah. But there are some legal things that religious people as a whole don't accept super well, like porn, for example, like yeah. prostitution, not legal. The world porn, as, legal. as a whole is still struggling with accepting that. Which is funny because it is like the oldest profession. And yeah, it really is. I've heard somebody say recently, like, that's the one thing that's like, how'd they say that it's free and everybody wants it but they won't let you sell it or something but like people want to buy it but you can't sell it i can't uh, they said it much better <laughs> than myself but yeah, yeah that's an example something illegal but frowned upon what holes have you poked in the existence of a god well see it's a great question to be honest a lot of this thinking i did was so many years ago that i have lost a lot of like met the main hitters for me um it when it comes down to it it just seems like logic and it's just totally illogical to me you know if there were 12 reindeer i think the whole santa story would sound just like the story of god you have santa with his i wish it was 12 reindeer but it's eight mm -hmm. reindeer and you got god with his 12 apostles and then you've got rudolph who is the savior who comes to save everyone in the day and all the children yeah. on earth so that they can have Christmas or whatever mm -hmm. but a savior right and it's like children will believe that backwards and forwards and they'll cry and have heartache and heartbreak over finding out that it's not true yeah but to me a god seems just as silly and it's just like you just didn't believe him when they told you it wasn't true um so I couldn't tell you what specific holes I poked but there's just one big logic hole that I know a lot of religion for people comes from the heart and from emotion and from faith and things like that and while i value those things i have seen they cannot be a full compass mm -hmm. they are part of my makeup but they are not my whole if i lived my life that way i mean i'd eat sugar all the time and just have faith i'll be okay and or whatever you know i could make any decisions about i also have to use my brain and i think that makes the compass work as well yeah. and so i can't just discredit the logic part and i'm not discrediting my emotions either i'm also taking them into consideration um but if i'm missing that other component it just can't hold water yeah it's nice i think it helps a lot of people mm -hmm. i seem to be making it through my adult life on my own just fine without it um you know there were some scary things i would say scarier than leaving the religion and those ideals behind was 
for me realizing that there isn't somebody who's just going to make sure that it's okay and like for example environmental issues you know i used to think like well it will be okay somebody is watching out and this is their planet this is their earth this is our home they mm -hmm. care but when i take god out of that equation i'm just like wow it's in our hands <laughs> and that made me spiral in my early 20s i had a lot of like kind of living abroad and meeting other people and seeing other systems of doing things and other cultures made me think differently and i was just like wow nobody's just here to make sure it's going to be okay and that was a lot scarier realizing i'm on my own but once i accepted that it's like a breakup yeah i accept that i'm single again i'm on my own and i'm okay yeah you know and i might find another person or another religion or something but i might also really enjoy hiking and doing yoga and painting mm -hmm. my nails i don't know and that's yeah if that fulfills me that's great and it, like it can be very exhausting to look into a religion again after you've just left one because mm. like you're free and yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's just so much so much um not quite the right word but bureaucracy to navigate through yeah it's true they're just you know it there's this code to every religion and most of them are somewhat similar but they all have their own things mm -hmm. that you just have to accommodate yourself to and then and then you can decide if it makes sense you mm -hmm. can't really decide if it makes sense until you understand it that's true so yeah i don't think it's really possible to give every religion a fair chance yeah I don't think so either. Like you said, there's not a time of the day. Yeah. You know? But that also makes me wonder, like, okay, there's so many religions, like, also seems like a little hole to poke. Yeah. For me, personally. I will say, too, if I found another form of religion, it'd be a little bit in Benjamin Franklin. Do you know much about him? Not a lot, no. Well, so we all get the basic idea about him, I think, bifocals and all of that. But he also had these 13 virtues that he identified, I think, when he was also about 20 or 21. And he picked out for him personally what the best attributes he could develop to be just his, I think he used the word perfection. He's striving for perfection, which is also religion is really loaded with that as well. Yeah. Um, but for him personally, and it wasn't for everyone, and but he took it and ordered it in order of importance for him personally. So the first one, I believe, is temperance, which is like sobriety. <laughs> <laughs> he apparently liked to drink you know what I mean mm -hmm. but for the rest of his life he lived by those ideals supposedly like keeping track of it daily did I work towards this 113th and like keeping a, a mark so I kind of decided to do the same thing for me and really think about what I think makes a fulfilling life or would for me personally and identify those components and try and put them in order and ideally prioritize them and live by them but i think that's beautiful coming up with your own kind of values your own code your yeah. own creed you know and yeah for sure i think that would benefit most people and religion can totally be part of it and on there mm -hmm. right and that could be every aspect of it but the idea too i think is when you're confronted with a situation and it brings two of your values into debate if you've prioritized them it can really help making difficult decisions like if you get a whole bunch of money and you need to repair your car or you need to make up for the honeymoon that you lost if you prioritize let's just say your wife hire but you're in a walking distance you can you know you want to prioritize your family before your job or your car because you can find another way whatever however you've made your list but it can help to make life more clear i think and that mm -hmm. may not be the best example but it can um i don't know I found it to be pretty useful for myself and under talked about in the world of Benjamin Franklin. <laughs> yeah. Not that people are really talking about him a whole bunch other than on the hundred dollar bill because <laughs> it's really what we want, but. Yeah. Yeah, we give a lot of value to money. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> did you struggle emotionally with leaving Mormonism? I mean, not much at all. My biggest struggle has been in the relationships that are tied into Mormonism. Yeah. It was easy to leave a lot of friendships behind because, again, I didn't want anyone to ask me questions about where was I, where weren't you at church, what are you doing, how are you, why don't you come? Because I felt like I was fine, but I didn't know how to explain why I wasn't there. But it was hurtful because those questions didn't come, even though I'd heard them preached over the pulpit my whole life, you know invite so-and-so to church and like never let someone from the 
you know, no lost sheep, basically. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I got like two messages or something the whole time from friends. And that's not very much. People I've known my entire life. I've lived in the same town my whole life. And so that was a little hurtful. Um, but it really is with my family yeah. is the biggest struggle. And that really has, it's like happening right now more than anything this yeah. summer specifically. And so, yeah, it has that's the biggest emotional part is other people taking issue with my lack of belief and then therefore my life choices because of that yeah but yeah yeah and i get that with the friends you know you make friends around the lifestyle you live and then when your lifestyle changes you still got those friends, but you don't have any friends necessarily for the lifestyle that you're moving into. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is tricky. I mean, for me, this whole time I've been putting the conversations off because the person seemed more important and it wasn't like I wasn't prioritizing myself and my needs, like I said, you know, mm-hmm. but like, you know, I'm 32 now and I started to realize if I had a kid, which I'm not interested in having children, but this is a time most people have kids by that I would be teaching them my own beliefs and raising them in a life that I believe in. And I look around and I see myself still not subscribing to, but definitely, um, yeah, living by other people's beliefs still. And I just, I would do them that service and I need to do the same service for myself. Mm -hmm. And it's just really hard, I think. There's just particular family members that, like, so this is an interesting dynamic. I feel like I've been a gatekeeper to younger people in the family. So my sister had kids when I was, she got married at 18, had kids at 20, and um, I was only eight years old. So I grew up with her kids in a way more than I grew up with her. I didn't grow up with her in the house. I yeah. don't remember it, right? But I'd have sleepovers with her kids and all these things. And um, I was always so scared of her cutting me out of their lives, you know? and not wanting me to be alone with them perhaps or a fearful of what I might say to them or just the different environment and like yeah so I didn't come out with things but now those people are old enough that I can have my own relationships with them and that's really big but I feel like I've almost been waiting this whole time until they were adults because they mean so much to me that I wouldn't sacrifice my relation potentially who knows what would happen but I wasn't willing to take the risk to find out and so my two oldest nieces both got married this summer, which is crazy to believe that they're so grown up, but they are. And there was two Mormon weddings. And so that was some of the fun that was going on this summer because they have, I mean, a different kind of wedding than other people. I can imagine, yeah. Yeah, so you have to be a certain kind of Mormon to be able to go. You have to either have been married yourself or you have to have gone on a mission for a couple of years, right? Because you go through a specific process when you do those things. And yeah. then you are able to witness other people go through the same process. And it's called taking out your endowments, but you take out your endowments when you get married, right? So you have, to, so like their younger siblings can't go, for example, I'm their aunt and I can't go, not only because I'm not Mormon, but because I'm not married or a returned missionary. So it's a very select, but you have to go through an interview process before you can go into the temple where they get married and get a temple recommend that you're recommended worthy to enter. And I really struggled with these two weddings, that word worthy, telling me as someone who has loved these people their whole lives and who cares for them so much, that I'm not worthy to even walk into the building where they're getting married. And it's just such a harmful word and like that Mm -hmm. perfection idea. And I think that's harmful and just these like, you're not good enough. And it's hard to feel like you want to fit into a family where they really make you feel like you're not good enough to be here you don't look the right way or yeah believe the right thing or whatever and it's just it's it's hard to accept them despite the harmful talk and to want to be around them and to love them and not offend them while you're offending yourself but also like they're not returning that for you yeah you know i tried to tell them this summer as things have come up i'm gonna fly to another state and go be there for this person and stand outside a building i can't enter but I'm not going to talk to any of them about just an idea for a tattoo I would like because that's not a conversation we're going to have, let alone invite them or expect any of them to show up and mm-hmm. or to show them the tattoo even afterwards and talk about it and have a pleasant conversation. And I'm just realizing the imbalance of, you know, hoping to be loved and accepted while giving so much love and acceptance. Yeah. You know, and that's the damaging part. And 
I think a lot of people don't realize the dance that they're doing or like the fact that the things that they're saying or doing are having this effect on me and only myself am I starting to realize too the effect yeah you know but some relationships aren't worth keeping and that's what the really hard part I'm coming around to and I came out with a lot of things to my family recently and um not everybody but a lot of people were very accepting and I don't feel like I will lose them but then there's those few that it's just so hard to just experience that rejection but what is it it's not a healthy love you know it's not a healthy connection yeah but that is the hardest part for me because I would do whatever to love them yeah and so to not be around them is just hard but it's, it's really challenging to know where to draw the lines where to set the boundaries yeah. and who to have in your life and who not to it's something sure. that I don't I don't think very many people in this world had do a good job at, to be honest. Yeah, identifying where the line is. Yeah. Yeah. I know I don't. Yeah. I don't think I'm becoming more aware for myself and it's probably different for everyone. Yeah. At different times in your life, you know. But part of me wishes that I f well, I feel like in my adult life I got a lot closer to my family. And I stepped up and I started cooking holiday meals and cleaning and I'm not having kids of my own. And so this is like my family. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, but wanting to... I, oh, I, I've just gotten closer to them and I've overlooked things and looked past things and whatever because we're people and I just think you should give people some grace that way. But I don't know what I was going to <laughs> it's like especially too with emotion and when you're in your head and it's all these things that it's hard to express sometimes you yeah. know because it is it a is. lot of feeling or things that you don't talk about often and so putting them into words for the first time or first time in a long time can be tricky oh yeah for sure but yeah that's the hardest part for me is letting go of those people i think the re the initial rejection and then the letting go but you know you wonder you don't just like close somebody out and that's it Mm -hmm. um, people in life is very fluid and so yeah is the door shut is it locked you know and some oh, that's what I was gonna say is like yeah I've gotten closer but part of me wants to just run away and wishes I hadn't ever gotten closer and that I had just done my own thing yeah and I don't necessarily regret but I do wonder and that would feel very different because I yeah. feel I've kind of created this situation where I I tried to fit in and I did fit in and I really want to belong and then it's kind of that like rub yeah. you know if I had just done my own thing, there would be no rub that way. Yeah. We can harass ourselves all day with what ifs. That's true. That's very true. It's very easy to think of things in, oh, this was the right decision, this is the wrong decision, but it's all just a path on life and uh, we can enjoy it or yeah. we can spend the whole time wondering what if we did something else. Yeah, dwelling. Yeah. 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 So do you consider yourself an atheist or an agnostic? I guess I'm more agnostic. I'm not going to claim that I'm right or that there isn't a religion or yeah. that there isn't truth, but I don't have the capacity to sort that through. Yeah. I think it's not known. That's why there are so many different answers people have come up with because mm -hmm. it's not clear, which... Yeah. Human observation is very finite. We, yeah. <laughs> we just, we can't be omniscient we don't know everything and we're not capable of it yeah which i'm okay with some people want to have an answer and yeah. that's okay too right yeah but it's okay to not have an answer there's a lot of things that i want to know why but there's just simply no reason to why and that could you could tie it into creation and religion and god or whatever or just like why did I suddenly like organizing as I got older? I lived in a pigsty when I was growing up and like you can't see my carpet for months at a time. It's just layered with stuff, you know? Yeah. And now I am a pretty like clean person and organized and I do it for fun. And it's, I don't know, yeah. There's... Sometimes I think we become one thing because we got tired of who we were. And that's, yeah. That's one reason why we do 180 turns in a lot of areas well that's kind of an issue i take with um my experience with religion in my family is that i feel you're trying to be this ideal perfect or whatever or behave a certain way but it feels like so much of them and my parents i see in their older years 
Like, I mean, they've lived the same life since I was born. They've lived in the same house. They've lived, my dad's worked the same job the whole time. My mom's not gone to work, but she's sat not on the same couch, but in the same place on the couch, you know? And it just seems like biding your time until you're not here because what's coming yeah. is better. And, you know, that's what I was talking to them about this summer recently is I don't believe I get two lives and they believe we all get resurrected like Jesus did and we all get a body again, a hmm. perfect body. And so I said, I don't believe I get two lives and two bodies. For me, this is my one life and this is my one body and yeah. it's mine to experience yeah. and to use however I want. And, um, but I feel, I see this stagnancy because you're doing your best, I guess, to be as perfect as you can, but once you reach what you think that is or you're trying to maintain it or give off that image, it's just like you're going through the motions, I feel like, and it's just you're waiting for what's coming, what's better yeah but i don't i think this is it so it's kind of sad to see people it seems like in a rut mm -hmm. a little bit because for sure they're just playing it's, out their hand i guess it, i mean if it makes them happy then i say go for it right but it's hard to believe that it does but i i, I struggle with that because i feel the same it's hard to believe it does but i know they look at me because i've heard them say this about my older siblings say i know she believes it's true i you know, in her heart of hearts and like telling me how I feel and mm -hmm. what I believe deep down is not productive, you know. I got so angry at someone, I was flying to Utah once because family is there. They all go to college there and graduate and get married, <laughs> whatever. And not thinking, I was talking about Mormons and of course I'm sitting next to a Mormon on the plane and so we end up talking and he's a returned missionary and I said, does it bother you that like, I'm just like totally not interested in this religion, just like done with it. And he was like, no, because I know that deep down you believe it's true and you'll come back to it one day and all of this. And I was just so fuming mad, not outwards at him, but just like, how you don't even know me. I just met you on the plane. Yeah. You're making such assumptions and you're totally disregarding my own mind and feelings and life yeah. experience to this point. And so it's like, I want to say it can't make them happy, but I struggle. I feel like I'm not supposed to say that because I don't want them to say that to me, but it does seem so confining and boring. Yeah. <laughs> and limiting um yeah but yeah and a lot of religions are very restrictive for sure and you know sometimes restrictions are good they can keep they you can. from harm they can keep you from addictions or different things like yeah. that but there's so much that you don't learn or experience yeah. that isn't harmful that you stayed away from some structure can do you a lot of good after traveling in my van for like four years and working different jobs and sleeping in different bedrooms or couches when I did take a break to earn some more money and keep traveling. And it's just like, I lost all my structure. Yeah. And I feel like an ineffective person in a lot of ways because I don't have systems and we all need systems. Otherwise you're spending all your brain power every second trying to figure out, well, what do I do now? And what am I doing? And yeah. there's no like engine running. Yeah. You know, you're just like trying to get down the road or whatever. So I can appreciate that and wanting to establish but then you that's right you do a lot of reflection and what do you want to incorporate into your your systems or whatever you know mm -hmm. who do you want to be what does that look like to you mm -hmm. you know yeah i think it's i think it's way more common to be over structured than it is to be under structured and so mm -hmm. people don't really tell you that you know you can at least in the mental health circle people don't really tell you that you can you can let go of too much structure. You can be too free-spirited, too open-minded. Yeah. You can totally be too open-minded. Yeah. <laughs> and it's exhausting. I've like, been yes, there. Like, yes, man. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, you, ne you need some structure. The key is to figure out what structure you need. Because mm -hmm. you want to pull from your past. I mean, we all went to school. We went through this rigid thing. Or if we're part of religion, right, it is kind of religion and routined. And then if you leave the religion and then you get out of school and you're done and then it's just like, well, that's familiar. So it seems like you want to build your structures around it, but it could not really be what's effective for you or whatever, you know, mm -hmm. it, so it's, it is kind of tricky, but I think it is important to evaluate what you want to be a part of your life instead of somebody telling you what it should be. And maybe you agree though, maybe they tell you and you agree and that's fine too. We all, I. That's one thing too I appreciate about Mormonism is that they believe this life, we all existed before we came here as little spirits and we came here to get bodies and to get tested. So we all have free agency to make all of our own choices because it's each of our own tests and we agreed to this before we came to earth. We don't remember it, but mm -hmm. this is the thing we're doing. And so free agency is 
important and while Mormonism is like other religions where it is still like very judgy if you don't make the right choice or whatever it is yeah. embedded in the religion at the same time that we're gonna make mistakes and we're gonna I don't know that you can do your own thing and it's my own test and it's not yours and there's no copying or like whatever you know this is just my test and you do yours yeah so yeah I've noticed that Mormons are a lot l less um, well I should say Mormonism is a lot less condemnational than uh -huh. a lot of forms of Christianity yeah it's not so God-fearing it's not hell burning it's yeah it is a lot friendlier it's about families and it's about eternal life and whatever it still comes with a lot of the similar separating issues between people who are Mormon or not and religious mm -hmm. or not but it is more kind yeah. to the psyche of <laughs> the people participating in the religion than a lot of other religions. Yeah. They've made a lot of changes and exceptions. For example, church is no longer three hours, it's two hours, or they, they have made other people exceptions, but part of me almost wants them to be so extreme that people who look at it from the outside considering it will just be like, well, that's ridiculous. I wish they would stick to their guns and to their their structure because I feel they would lose members and fewer people yeah. would convert, but because they're being a little loosey-goosey, then they get more people. Yeah. But also so. Catholicism has been extremely rigid for thousands yeah. of years and that's probably why it still exists today. Yeah, that's so. true. <laughs> yeah. Mormonism is fascinating. I mean, even after being out of it for as long as I have, if it gets brought up, I could talk about it all day and I can go off on tangents. You know, there, there really is a lot to say about it more than we've covered for sure, but. Yeah, there seems to be a kind of a large gradient of experience in Mormonism. Hmm. That's fun to hear because, you know, I left so long ago and I, you just don't meet ex-Mormons all the time. I haven't really spoken to a lot or yeah. a lot of people who are still Mormon. We're not talking about religion. When I'm talking yeah. to them, I'm trying to talk about something else. Yeah. And so I've missed out on a lot of the experiences that I'm sure you've heard of. A lot of ex-Mormons don't really talk about being ex-Mormon. Sometimes probably because like you said, they're over it. Like why talk about yeah. it? You don't need to. But also sometimes I think they are afraid of, you know, who who could find out and what could happen if they do. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I can relate to that with just, yeah, people in my family becoming aware of certain things, right? Yeah. It's very relatable. And that fear is very real.